Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Listening to Career Reels with Carolyn with host Carolyn Owens on the CWR Talk Network. And hello, everyone, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Carolyn R. Owens, the host of Career Reels, one of the many shows here on the CWR Network. And CWR stands for Connecting World Radio. This network informs and educates our listeners about issues and causes bringing people from diverse racial, racial, excuse me, cultural, ethnic, and economic, educational, and religious backgrounds together so that we could be a unifying force rather than a divisive one, thus connecting worlds. And this show, Career Reels, is just for you because I want to challenge you with ideas and concepts that will help you grow and step outside of your comfort zone so that you can have success on your own terms in your career, your business, and your life. Last month, we talked about social media and the impact that it has on your career. You know, with the way things are, you need to know how to create and manage your personal brand. And we all have a personal brand, even if we don't even realize it. So the episode shared what personal branding is and how you can promote or market yourself for your career. And it talked about creating that personal brand and having it reflect the direction that you want to go in in life and how you can create a life that you desire. So I encourage you to check it out. If you just search on Career Reels and Google Career Reels, you'll find the episode along with the other episodes we've done I believe this is our fourth episode airing today because Career Reels, we're only here on the CWR network once a month. We're here the second Monday of each month, and our goal is to bring you some tips and strategies that are going to help move you forward in your career. And so this month, we're talking about happiness, finding happiness and thriving in your career. And, you know, With my episodes, I haven't had a guest on yet, so I'm excited because I'm having my first guest here on this show, Career Reels. And joining me today is best-selling author and world-class speaker, Dr. Steve Taubman. Dr. Taubman has dedicated his life to showing people how to thrive through their challenges, which includes an unhappy workplace having endured crippling anxiety and low self-esteem early in his life, he made it his mission to understand the nature of happiness and remedy that emotional turmoil that not only he suffered, but he saw other people suffering from. 
And so through his, he has a unique process that he helps you shift your mindset so you can thrive in those high-pressure situations. And you guys know, in that work environment, the stress and the pressure that can come with some of the careers that we have. But how can you achieve happiness in your career, no matter what stage you're at, no matter what you're experiencing? That's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to bring him on and welcome him to the show. Give him a warm career reels welcome. Hey Hello. there, how are you? <laughs> Hi, it's good to I'm have so an opportunity. I'm so because we we got to be on another show together not long ago, and you were kind enough to invite me back. So I'm uh, I, I I'm honored by that, and uh, and eager to see where this goes. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I am too, because as a you know one of the things I do, I'm a career strategist. And so I see a lot of people and I talk to a lot of people and um, that's one of the things they're struggling is finding that happiness in their career. It's like they're just existing um, day to day. But, you know, there's a lot of debates out there on whether or not this, this, that's a true statement about the majority of the workforce being somewhat unhappy and disengaged. What do you think about that? I've seen plenty of research that says it's true, and uh, and I certainly have plenty of experience that dictates that that's true. Um, you know, there there's a lot of unhappy people out there, and a lot of uh, anybody who's an employer understands and realizes that they're fighting uh, the battle for engagement, uh, for enthusiasm from their employees, uh, desiring people to uh, take the reins and really uh, treat the business as if it's their own, uh, to give great customer service and be really truly kind to the people that they're serving rather than fake kind. Yes. And and you and I both know if you go out in the world and you're, you know, you walk into Staples or you walk into uh, uh McDonald's or wherever you happen to go that you're going to find a lot more people who who it's obvious. It's obvious that they're unhappy because of the way they're treating you, because of the um the way that they're leaning back on the uh, script they were given to put on the happy face, the smiley face, and create the illusion that everything is just fine. But you know and I know that we're not being treated kindly by somebody who really feels happy. And I don't think anybody who doesn't think that's true. That's a great example because, I mean, I just experienced it the other day, and it's like, wow, what, you know, customer service, that quality, that skill, it's as if they're, they're almost like a robot in front of you nowadays. But, you know, one of the things is this, that what we see and what they're experiencing, that carries over from your professional life, your career, into your personal life as well, how it just carries over that feeling of unhappiness. Oh, no, no. All these people go home and they're perfectly happy. And they have perfect (laughs) relationships and nothing ever goes wrong in their lives. And they don't bring any of that stuff home with them. And they don't make the people around them miserable at all. <laughs> of course, that's ridiculous. We, you know, you're happy or you're not happy. I mean, you know, granted, you could be stressed out at work, uh, and you might have some coping skills to come home and put some of that aside. But happiness is a pretty global, overarching experience. You know, you're either a relatively happy person or you're a relatively miserable person, and depending on your happiness perspective. That's going to inform a lot of how you deal with the things in your life that don't go well. You know, we're, we're all pretty good at dealing with the things that do go well, so we don't have to talk about that. You know, if I win the lottery, I'm probably not for at least a period of time going to be uh, too unhappy. 
but you know, but if I've got to go to work and I don't love my job, uh, or if I don't feel I'm find meaning in my work, or if I can't find meaning in the relate the way that I relate mm-hmm. to others, then then I'm going to feel emptiness, and that emptiness is going to eat at me, and I'm going to go home. And if I'm not particularly conscious, and when I say conscious, I'm not particularly self-aware about how this feeling is playing out inside of my body, then I'm going to be equally unaware of how I'm dumping it onto my kids. Hmm. But you, you know, and we see this and we experience that people will stay in these careers and these jobs where they are unhappy. They'll just stay there and, and exist. You know, yeah. Why do why do we stay in these un happy jobs, these unhappy careers, and, and never move out of them. They'll spend 30, 40 years in a job they truly hate. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's fear and there's obligation and there are all sorts of things that keep people stuck in places that maybe they could do better without. And in any one given situation, whether it's a job or a relationship or or anything, you know, it could be a hobby that you're involved with, in any one situation, when you recognize that there's some unhappiness, there's some dissatisfaction, you always have a few choices, right? One of them is um, to leave, and that's often a hard choice to make, mm-hmm. again, because of fear and obligation and maybe a lack of vision. Uh, another choice that you can make is to try to get the situation itself to change. Like, you know, maybe you... Um, you figure if you get everybody else to be the way you want them to be, then you can be happy. <laughs> that's that's not usually the one that works, but we <laughs> but it's maybe the one that we often do more often than any other one. Uh, or the third one, the third choice we have is to is is to deal with our own inner experience, and that's where that's where the work that I do comes in. In other words, mm-hmm. okay, I get that there are a lot of people listening to this show who are probably not going to pick up and leave and reinvent their lives. Um, If I could get with them and I could sit down with them and I could really kind of get down to what they're thinking and what's driving them, I might be able to help them jump out of their comfort zone and try something new. Or I might not. I might find that this person is just like, you know, I'm not particularly happy doing what I do, but it's not bad enough for me to leave and uh, and I'm ready to stop making everybody else around me miserable. What do I do? And so for that person, the work that needs to happen is it's in the inner game. It's what hap- what's happening inside of me that that can maybe take a situation that I'm not seeing as a very fulfilling one and maybe make it into a more fulfilling one. Maybe you could take this unhappy place and make it a happy place, not by making everybody else around me happy or miserable, <laughs> But by making myself happy. Okay, but I mean, really, do you believe that everyone that we can find this happiness? I mean, do you honestly believe that this is possible? Possible in a lot of cases, and in the cases where it's absolutely not possible, then you you've just eliminated one of your choices, and then you've got to think even more strongly about picking up and leaving. So, yeah, there are situations that you might be in that are just miserable. You're working with a lot of real, you know, lousy people who aren't really, um, you know, doing their part. And, you know, you're, you're, not, you're feeling demeaned and unappreciated and, and nothing looks good and you feel like a, like a prisoner in your job. And if that's what it feels like, then you better start thinking about, about the option of leaving. Right? You better start thinking about that because 
all the fear that you're having and all the sense of obligation that you're having that's keeping you stuck there isn't going to solve the, the, the way that this thing is eating away at you. The way that you wake up every morning and you feel miserable about going to work and all the stuff that you bring with you to work and all the stuff you bring home with you and the effect it's having on your health, right? all that stuff, you've got to weigh that against, you know, I, I talk to people all the time who will say things like, well, I hate my job, but they give me health insurance. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, really, are you telling me that your life, the entire quality of your life is worth the price of health insurance? Do you even know what health insurance costs? Or are you just saying that because you think it's impossible to get it without a miserable job? And you brought up a good point there where people don't realize how that does affect us where, you know, that that stress, that unhappiness can cause health issues for us. Um, oh, yeah. It can cause us to have, um, I was just reading an article about someone having a stroke and um Someone having a someone I knew who I served within the military had a heart attack at 62 in the past couple of weeks, um, yeah. and so we don't realize how that we'll think it's something else, or but how unhappiness can cause physical ailments. You know, I um, I work for myself, and sometimes I've got a real jerk for a boss, <laughs> and and he me um uh whip you know cracks the whip and makes me work very very hard and makes me try to get something done even when i don't have all the resources yet but i could make myself miserable right like your boss can make you miserable and i could all the tension inside and i could convince myself that i have no choice like i've i've been going through this lately i've you know there's some things i'm working on i haven't gotten the answers i'm looking for and I'm worrying, and I'm churning, and I'm, you know, I'm ruminating. And what I need to do, and what, I, what I've been doing, is I've got to stop. I've got to notice that this thing that I'm letting happen between my ears, this constant rumination, is actually elevating my blood pressure. It's actually mm-hmm. causing me to tense up my muscles. It's causing me to, um, to breathe less less you know less fully and therefore I'm getting my blood's less oxygenated and these are the seeds for for disease right so I because I'm a mindfulness expert I'm supposed to know this stuff I'm supposed to be good at this stuff and and even with all the practice I've had I'm still able to be entrapped by it I think I just catch myself quicker than most people but I catch myself because I can stop and I could observe myself I can notice the uh the tension in my body the um, the futility of my thoughts, the, um, the the weightiness of it all, and I can say because of my experience, because of my knowledge, that this is a bad path to be going down. Right, this is not going to get me where I want to go in my life. Right, maybe I'll make more money, but I'll die, you know, early. So it's not really useful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So in answer to your question, do I think everybody can find happiness in their job? No. Do I think a lot of people could? Yes, and I think the people who can't do need to leave, even if it means having to pay for their own health insurance. <laughs> so 
what what does it take? How do you begin to shift that mindset? Um, because I think that's where people get stuck. Because as you said, they feel obligated, they feel pressured that they have to stay in this place when there are options they're not looking at. How do you begin to shift that mindset? Well, you know, like anything else, it starts with an awareness. You know, it starts with hearing those words that you just said. You know, oh, I listened to Carolyn's show, and she's pretty smart, and she said, and Steve, she said, and he's pretty smart, that I do have choice, that my life is, um, can be bigger than I have it right now, and that it is possible that uh, that there's more to life than this. That's where it starts. It starts with, with the the hearing that truth. Then it start, the next step is is humility. I've got to have the humility to say that even though there's a part of my brain right now that says, oh, no, I've got to stay here and my life's got to be miserable, I've got to have the humility to say maybe I'm wrong and they're right. Just maybe these people know something that I don't know. Maybe it's not worth defending my position when my position is making me miserable. Maybe instead I'm going to look at it a different way. So that's the first step is I hear it, I recognize it, and I begin to accept it as a possibility. So now what do I do? Now I say, okay, if that's true, even if it's maybe true that there's such a thing as being happy at the end of the rainbow, if it's maybe true, then what would it look like if my life wasn't the way it is now? What would it look like? And then you start to create the vision. You know, then you start to play. You start to be a kid again. You, you start to apply the power of wonder, curiosity, amazement. Uh, you look around and you say, oh, I, I, this is what I really wanted to do when I grew up. Or this is what I want. Oh, I want to surround myself with people like this. Oh, I want to work in an environment like that. And you start to construct an image of a life that, that suits you, that you like. And, and, and then you start looking at the voices in your head they're telling you that it's impossible. And you change your relationship with those voices. Okay, so everything, whether you're trying to get a better job or a better relationship or lose weight or start an exercise regime or anything you want to do in your life, one of the things you have to do is you, you apply what I call game theory. Okay, game theory. So, what's, you know, take a game. Take football. Uh-huh. There are seven elements to the game, okay, any, to any game, really. But the first element is there's a goal. There's something you're trying to achieve. Another element is there's a reward for getting that goal. Now, if you're a football player, you know, you get the goal, and then maybe you get recognition, maybe you make more money, maybe you get a trophy, right? There's, a, there's, there's that. Then there's a process. Like if you want to get the goal, if you want to get to the goal in football, you've got to, go, you've got to run that way. If you run the other way, you're never going to get to the goal. Right? There's a direction you need to go in in order to get what you want. Then you've got a coach. right? You've got somebody you work with. Like you're a coach, Carolyn. I'm a coach. Yeah. Right? If it's a health issue or a weight issue or something, maybe your coach is your doctor or your nutritionist. But you have somebody who knows how, how you, the best way to move down the field toward the goal. That's, that's one of the elements. So you have a goal. You've got rewards. You've got a direction or a process to get there. You've got a coach. Those are four things right there. You've got the next one is this. This is the sticky one. You've got obstacles. Uh, If you're playing football 
and there are these people all over the field that just won't let you run to the other side. What's the deal with those people? Right? They're just they're making it impossible to get to my goal. <laughs> no, that's why it's a game. If they weren't there, there'd be no game. So, you know, you can't, like, nobody gets to the end of a football game and they don't interview the losers of the game and say, well, what happened? The losers never say, well, we would have won except for the fact that there was another team. <laughs> they never say that because it would be stupid, right? It would be ridiculous to say. So why do we say, well, I would have achieved my desired life, but I had obstacles? Yes, you're going to have obstacles. Surprise! So what are those obstacles? Well, those obstacles in football, they're these big guys with, you know, with big pads on. But in our lives, the obstacles are generally internal. There are external ones too, right? I've got a big family. I've got to feed the family. I can't pick up and leave even though I really want to. That's an obstacle. But a lot of our obstacles are really beliefs, how we see things, what we believe is possible, um, the fear that we feel, the insecurity, if maybe, you know, if what we're trying to achieve is uh, ideal body weight, then maybe the obstacle is temptation um, or, uh, or a sense of futility, oh, this will never work for me. Uh, but ultimately, every obstacle, every internal obstacle that you face boils down to one thing and one thing only, and that is aversion, aversion. This is a very powerful word that we don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. We have an aversion to certain emotions, right? So if I decide I want to achieve a goal and I start moving down the field toward that goal and all of a sudden I feel hopeless, I feel fear, I feel despondency, I feel sadness, I feel resentment, whatever the feeling is that I have, what I typically will do is I'll stop. I'll stop running toward my goal because I don't like the way that thing feels. I have an aversion to it. I have an aversion to the feeling. I'm trying to lose weight. That's my goal. I know which direction I have to go in. I've got to eat less and exercise more. I know that. My coach told me how to do it and which foods to eat and which ones to avoid. I know all that. And I'm starting to move down the field. And as I go, all of a sudden, I see a box of Krispy Kremes. And all bets are off. Why are all bets off? Because I don't like the feeling of temptation. And the only way to get rid of the feeling of temptation is to eat a Krispy Kreme. And then I won't feel the feeling of temptation anymore. I'm averse to it. I've got an aversion to it. And so, what if I could wave a magic wand and all of a sudden, when you experience something unpleasant, temptation, hunger, loneliness, fear, anguish, whatever it is, what if you didn't have an aversion to it anymore? What if it was just something you noticed? Oh, those Krispy Kreme smell really good, and I noticed that there's a part of me that really wants one right now. I feel really tempted. That's a really uncomfortable feeling. How interesting. How interesting. I wonder how long that feeling will last. Oh, I feel really lonely, and that makes me want to go to the refrigerator and eat something. Ah, what does loneliness really feel like in my body? You see, that reaction is the opposite of aversion. That's curiosity. You're getting curious about the feeling. And as you get curious about the feeling, then you're not allowing yourself to sit in aversion. You are therefore not acting out 
Now, what does this have to do with your career? Well, what are the things that are stopping you from choosing a new career? And for that matter, what are the things that are stopping you from enjoying the one you're in now? Mm-hmm. Is it aversion? Are you noticing that there are things that trigger you that you feel really uncomfortable about? And you don't know how to be with that feeling. And so you're, you're spinning yourself deeper into misery. Could you change your relationship to the feeling? Could you rise above aversion? And if you could, yeah, you'd be happier. You know, if I've got somebody who at my, at my job who, like, um, I don't know, smacks his lips all the time. And I want to haul off and kill this son of a bitch. Right? <laughs> He's just driving me nuts. Well, yeah, I could, again, I could, here are my choices. My choices are to do that, to smack this son of a bitch, um, uh, to undermine him and get him fired so I don't have to listen to mm-hmm. him, uh, to leave the job entirely, see, which is maybe a more viable option because at least it won't get you arrested like maybe one of the other ones might. Uh, or to use the aversion that I feel to his smacking his lips, like, whoa, oh boy, do I feel irritated by that sound. That sound just drives me nuts. And, but, not, but not to approach it with aversion, just to notice the feeling, the trigger, and to just sit with it. Just let yourself be with it. In other words, I'm happy and I've got this little trigger going on inside of me all at the same time. They do not, they're not mutually exclusive. I don't have to be made irritation-free in order to be fundamentally happy. I could be very happy, mm-hmm. fundamentally happy, and irritated. And if I treat the irritation like just something interesting to look at, then I could stay happy. This is pretty esoteric stuff. I don't know if I'm, you know, like, if I'm like blowing anybody's minds here or anything <laughs> full of it. But well, this know, is really... It takes. It seems like it would take. It takes practice that you actually have to start applying the, the skills, um, because we don't want to sit in a place. We don't want to sit in anything that causes us discomfort. But right. that discomfort is what we grow from. It allows yeah. us to be happier, to have stronger careers, to get the promotion, to have better relationships if we allow ourselves. And that's, that's one of the things I was taught as a coach is being able to walk through that the dark moments of our lives and to work with clients to have them walk through it and come out on the other side with the lesson, um, how did they grow, how did they stretch. And thinking about this in terms of your career and how yeah. we we often want to run from things or not address situations or let it happen to go through those moments that we need to to grow professionally. Okay, so you just like said a major major mouthful there. That's really powerful stuff, right? You're saying that um, that as a coach, you were taught to frame the the struggle as a noble struggle. Mm-hmm. That you know we are going to learn something from this process. That we're going to grow from the things that we at this point in time just find objectionable, and that we're going to maybe find something even bigger on the other side. So, yeah. and it's interesting said that when you did, because remember I said there were seven components to a game. Yes. So I said there's a goal. I said that there are rewards. I said that there are, um, there's a direction or a process. I said that, you, that there's a coach. I said that there are obstacles. 
And then, and then the next one is there are drills, drills, and this goes to what you were just saying. So if you're if you're a football player, they don't just send you out on the field the first day to play the Super Bowl, right? They have you practice. They have you yes. do a number of things because when you do those numbers of things, you get stronger, you get faster, you get more resilient, you get more agile. You're more likely to be able to dodge or parry the you know the the person coming at you. And it's exactly the same with this. So if you want to grow as a human being and be more, you know, more fulfilled in or out of the job, then you need drills, you need practice, so that, yes, like you said, I'm not going to necessarily have the necessary strength or wisdom in the moment to deal with that obnoxious lip-smacking guy. But there are things I that I can do. This. do. Yep. But we're running out of time. We oh, have like serious? a minute and a half left. Oh, oh wow. Okay, well, this is <laughs> what a fun conversation. What do we need to do to wrap up then? Okay, so I want to make sure people know how to find you, how to get in touch with you, so that you know they can find out more about creating this for themselves. How do they? How are they able to walk through the journey to have that success in their careers? Okay, I'm going to give you something that I know I haven't given anybody yet, and and there's a very good reason for it. Um, I, I have my website, of course, is stevetaubman.com. Steve T A U B M A N dot com. Uh, as it happens, I'm going to be a guest on uh, on the Jenny uh, McCarthy show in a couple weeks. Awesome. And uh, I prepared a page, a special page for Jenny's guests. I'm going to let your guests get to it before her guests get to it. So Yay. the way you would do that, you go to stevetaubman.com forward slash Jenny. So my apologies that I didn't make a page for you, Carolyn. I just thought of it as we're talking right now. Well, but what here's I'll do why. is I'll make sure I publish it, though. Okay. So if you put up stevetam.com forward slash Jenny, here's what's going to happen. It's going to take you to a page where you'll get access to a free digital download of the first couple chapters of my book. An awesome book, I may add. <laughs> Thank you. You'll also, I'll also mention, because when you get to that page, there's a little video of me, and I'll also point you towards uh, the, um, the, mindfulness, <laughs> the mindfulness assessment. So when you get there, you get to the mind. So just go to stevetammon.com forward slash Jenny, and everything you need will be revealed. <laughs> Sorry to have to end so quickly. This has been a great show, but I will be back, and we'll come back to this in October. So stay tuned, guys. I'm here. Okay, I think I have time to actually do a better closing than that. Although, oh, it did stop recording. Shucks. But if yeah. you're here, still, I hate that. But that was a great show, and I thank you so much for being here with us. Um, we will, I will recap in October. Make sure everybody knows how to find you. Definitely get them to listen to the show. But give me that recording because I, I really, I, that was one of the uh, really fun for me because I was just. You know, just kind of riffing on a concept, and it was really fun, like, to hear what I had to say. <laughs> I thought it was oh. great, too. It's always a, a pleasure to talk to you. I said yeah, likewise. Talk really fun to talk to you. Okay, send me the link time. to that so I can go back and listen again. And uh, and if there's anything else you need me to do to kind of fill in any gaps, just give me a shout. I certainly will. Thank you so much. And if you're thanks, out there and you're still listening, thanks for tuning in. See you next month in October, second Monday of the month for Career Reels. And remember, it's all about success on your own terms. Bye-bye, everyone.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 